Hey, what? what I thought I was see. Okay, I'm. You're one. One. Okay. How does it feel? <sighs> it's gonna screw me up whenever I edit. I'm always number two. It's like poop. <laughs> it's not, not gonna give it to it's me. It's not even witty. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your bi-weekly podcast that delivers an episode-by-episode breakdown of the original G1 series. Today, we're going to be talking about episode number 32 of that cartoon, The Master Builders. This is your host, Aaron, and I gotta say, this is another one of those intros where I'm feeling emotions. You see, it's a it's a sweet fantasy, these visions of love I'm having about my sweetheart. I, I thought she was going to be a heartbreaker, but against all odds, she turned out to be a dream lover. At first, I tried to move in a little too fast, but she was like, honey, love takes time. I got too pushy. I was like, girl, are we going to make it happen? Maybe, she said. Maybe someday. Look, anytime you need a friend, though, I'll be there. Damn, put in the F zone, but I can't let go. When you believe, as I do, you understand that one sweet day, you'll find your endless love. So I hit the brakes. I focused on me a little bit, self-improvement. I spent some time underneath the stars, figuring out how I can be a hero to those around me. I looked to the world with open arms. Guys... I don't want to cry, but eventually, like a butterfly, released from a cage, she found her way back to me. I'll never forget, it was the holidays, and there was this giant wrapped package on my doorstep. I opened it, and it was like one of those gag Russian doll present situations where you start with a big box, you unwrap the paper, open the box, unwrap the paper, open the box, unwrap the paper, open the box, until finally, inside the, the, the last tiny box, there was but a scrap of paper with a handwritten note. Guys, do you know what that note said? Fuck you. Okay, well, that's nice, Ryan. <laughs> it's uh, well, so this is coming off speaker. <laughs> the note the note said All I want for Christmas is you. What is this? Well, you can't take <laughs> okay. that away and now I know she'll always be my baby. Guys, I can tell you're probably lost on this one. This is a tribute to all my Mariah Carey loving bros out there. My Care Bears, where you at? Oh my god, I don't like the music ones. (laughs) (laughs) I can never follow them. I'm just kidding. I can actually give uh, about half a fuck about Mariah Carey, but I was crushing hard on her back in junior high. Sure, I mean, she's very attractive. and I mean, she had a mental breakdown, but... It's because who, who doesn't have those? I'm looking forward to mine. <laughs> Caleb is remote right now. <laughs> Guys, you go ahead and introduce yourselves. I'm Ryan. Uh, I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'll clean it up while you, for the speaker oh. situation. I didn't really. I didn't even think about it. Caleb. Oh, okay. Well, I'll leave it on audio then, uh, or speaker, or whatever. This Sorry is. about yeah. that. Caleb, where do you, yeah. what are you doing? We are coming back from a family camping trip this weekend. Yeah? The pictures of that thing at night were awesome. Yeah, it's we had a lot of fun. So uh, this is a unique experience for our listeners. 
we've got me and my lovely wife and our two kids, bro cells included. Boys, tell them where we went camping. Jellystone. We went to Jellystone Park. Oh, yeah. You sent that picture of Yogi Bear. Yeah. So we went to a Yogi Bear-themed campground. I thought you'd Photoshopped that for some reason. What uh, nope. what what else besides that statue was themed about the place? Yogi oh. Bear travels around on a golf cart and says hi to everybody about five times a day. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Do they give all campers a picnic basket a picnic that they basket? must, that they must defend from the, from the park's bears? No, but what's weird is uh, I did hear someone say yesterday morning, they were like, well, uh, boo-boo's out this morning let's go see him because he doesn't come out very often oh no for some reason like for some reason boo-boo's appearances are limited um so i don't know if there's some kind of licensing issue or warwick davis only comes to missouri about once a month gonna say it's either a child or a little person (laughs) yeah so but it was nice but yeah every like all the crafts that they do are yogi bear themed and i'm trying to figure out is yogi bear hanna-barbera i think so yeah so hanna-barbera's getting that yogi bear it's a it's an apparently it's a nationwide chain of campgrounds Uh, oh i didn't know that so it's franchised that's correct or it's at least a chain yeah or something weird i didn't even know that existed honestly yeah we started looking and like they're all over the place it was nice it was good fun times i ryan i think that you would like I think you would like the camping life, the camper, the RV life. I I sometimes think that as well. I, I like because I'm kind of also into the small houses thing. And I love the movie Lost in America. I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's an Albert Brooks movie. And uh, they sell like they he and his wife uh, have like high paying jobs and they sell off all their their good like their house and cash in their retirement and just get an rv and travel and their plan is to travel around the country for the rest of their lives but then they stop in las vegas to renew their wedding vows and um his wife gambles away their entire nest egg while he's sleeping (laughs) so then they're broke and then they have to live in the rv oh no well thankfully there weren't any casinos around us (laughs) but uh not it, it was it's pretty amazing. Like our camper is pretty small, but there's like stuff that was rolling in. It's just massive, like mm-hmm. the, like huge coach style, mobile like fortresses. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I did like seeing the Nicolas Cage pillow in the photo you sent oh, of yeah. the interior. Well, I want us to record in it sometime. We should uh, we should do it where I uh, pull it out of storage and kind of get things hooked up. Maybe. Uh, I guess I could pull it up to Ryan's, but it'd probably be better just to come down and. I don't know if you guys remember there was an R like a tiny RV lot in Nixa when we were kids, mm-hmm. and in particular John Mel- um, Mel- John Cougar Mel- Mellencamp. Mellencamp. <laughs> John McMillan. We never got to use that on him as a kid. What uh, a missed opportunity! I know. Let's call him. He doesn't talk to us now. Um, we 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 used to walk home together, and like he those place those things were always unlocked and unmanned, yeah. and we would mm-hmm. just go inside them. I, I, yeah, I guess it was a dealership, maybe a used dealership, and yeah, we would just go walk around. We'd check them all out. If there were new, there's a new one. I'd just <laughs> scope it out. Go through all the drawers and cabinets. <laughs> Take a dump I, I like, on the floor, only oh, once. <laughs> I like how I I like at first how you guys weren't 
really being mischievous. You were literally just checking them out. Like, oh, there's a new one. Let's look at that one. Yeah. Uh, there was a. This is real random, but uh, and creepy. But like my, uh, we we went camping with a family, and they were telling us, you know, they've been camping longer than we have, like like three years. And they said one one time they were camping uh, in Branson, and uh, an RV like came in that was like it was a fifth wheel. It was a big big trailer. And it was, they said it, it looked like it was customized because it was all black and there were no windows on it. Whoa. So it's a vampire. And it was like, that's what I, yeah. And there was all these. It's a mobile coffin. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was just, they said there was like fancy cars driving up and people getting, coming in and out of it. Like, like I don't know, all the time. And so it just. Sounds like a not drug really situation. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, like, that's you're not doing a good job of making yourself uh, inconspicuous. Inconspicuous by doing that. I like the I like the idea of a, of a vampire that likes he travels across the country in an RV, and that way he can prey on random other campers tonight, the, and there, then he goes on his way. There's an excellent Stephen King short story called The Night Flyer that's basically that, except with a, like a Cessna. Nice. And he just flies well, uh, into like local airports and kills people, and then and goes then on about out. his way. Yeah. Hmm. That uh, Stephen King thought of it first, Andy. I, and gave and gave the vampire a higher budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe this is the lower budget route. Like, That's right. Uh, <laughs> working. Yeah, yeah, he's a working class blue collar. Blue collar bloodsuckers is the name of our. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> I like it. I love it. It's just an old like, retired like, vampire couple. I want to suck yeah. blood, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They were so they were so nice to me, but then they they then they they killed me. <laughs> I'm a, now I'm a ghoul. I don't know. Yeah. They only hit up, but they only hit up Jellystone. Uh, <laughs> so on the count of three, everybody say hi, Aaron and Ryan. One, two. Three. Hi, Ryan. Okay, on the count of three, everybody <laughs> say, "Hi, Andy, Harrison, and Kenny." Uh, One, two, <laughs> three. Hi, Hi Andy, Andy, Harrison, and Kenny. What's What's funny is Andy actually joined you in doing that. <laughs> Do you believe in the power of a curse? Yeah. <laughs> I uh, forgot that I had a bunch of Mariah Carey facts. <laughs> oh, okay, great. Do it. I don't know if we want to edit it back in when no, Mariah no, no. Carey this, was this a relevant is, conversation topic. This is perfect for like a, just a microcosm of our ridiculous podcast. I wanted to do this Mariah Carey intro because I knew she had a ton of hits and there was a lot to draw from, which always makes that That's why you were humming that when process you got easier. Yes, but... I wanted to share this because it, for those of us who weren't necessarily huge Mariah Carey fans, it's hard to believe how giant of an artist she is and was. So I'm going to just, uh, you got to respect this career. So check this out. Is it the sweet fantasy video where she's laying on the ground in the forest? Maybe. that's. I remember that one. I was very yeah. enamored of her in that video. I liked the heartbreaker video where she and a brunette version of herself were fighting over Jerry McConnell in a movie theater. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh, man. It was hot. Anyway, Mariah Carey has sold over 200 million records, making her one of the best-selling music artists of all time. There's only 10 artists who have sold more albums than her. She was, in fact, the number one selling artist of the 90s. Wow. Nobody sold more than her. She's the only artist. Really? More than Michael Jackson? 
in the 90s. Crazy. That's correct. She's the only artist to have a number one song in each year of a decade, which is the 90s that she did that. She has spent 82 weeks at the number one position on the Billboard Hot 100, which is the greatest number for any artist in U.S. chart history. She has 19 number one singles, which is the most for any solo artist. And just for compared to any musicians in general, bands, she's second only to the Beatles in terms of her number one singles. Wow. Her holiday album, 1994's Merry Christmas, is the best-selling Christmas album of all time. Suck it, Bing Crosby. (laughs) (laughs) I hit my wife. (laughs) In in 1995-96, she set the record for the most weeks at number one, which was 16 weeks on the Billboard chart with her Boys to Men collabo, One Sweet Day, a record that held for 23 years until that young scamp Little Nas X decided to hit the charts, trample that record, and disappear into obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> Back into the night I go. It was a real hit and run situation. <laughs> she was the first artist to have three songs debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Those three songs were Fantasy, One Sweet Day, and Honey. And she held on to that record until just recently Ariana Grande broke it. And Ariana Grande now has four songs that have debuted at number one. And uh, also just since Mariah Carey hit that record, Drake and Justin Bieber also now have three number ones. But she held that for 20 plus years. And the last Mariah Carey fact, first female artist to have a single debut at number one. Really? Also with 1995's Fantasy. You forget if you're not a big stan on Mariah... She was That's a giant crazy. pop cultural and record selling machine. Does she still make music? She does. No. She still puts it out there. I think she's more of an icon, though, nowadays. She's just settled into the icon status. It's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, her money makes money. Yeah, it's working for her. That's you right. Make your money work for you. Ah. Well, Ryan, why yeah. don't you uh, construct us a crafted solar power tower inspired cocktail? Hey, it's not that at all. <laughs> no, but Shit. it is. It is interesting because for these next two episodes, you know, we're headed into spooky season. It's October. Ooh. Ooh. I, my favorite. Unfortunately, Halloween is canceled because the United States is crippled uh, with a uh, pandemic. So that's unfortunate. I'll just be, I guess, decorating my house and sitting in it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, you should you should come over to our house, Ryan. In the backyard. <laughs> in the backyard. Just I'm I show up at midnight, just tapping on the window. <laughs> yeah. It started to derail what you were saying, but uh, Ryan, we don't want you to be alone on Halloween. Well, so. I, I do have a real alive girlfriend who That's theoretically true. will be here. So I will say, as I was really digging for positivity, and the only thing I can say is that we, as Americans, do love Halloween more than any other country. It's a huge deal here, where it doesn't seem like it's like that other places. Uh, where was Halloween invented? Uh, it basically here in the fifties, the way we know it now. So weird to that to think that this country founded in puritanical values would love Halloween so much. Yeah, it's huge. I think it's like, in terms of um, what we spend for it, it's like second only to Christmas. And that's what I was going to ask is, do you know what our Halloween spending is compared to other countries? I don't have those figures. What's the GDP of Halloween? I don't have those figures with me. What do we got here? I decided to make my own cocktails for this month. And I don't know if I've ever said that uh, Halloween is my birthday. 
Um, I don't know if it, my like love of horror movies and Halloween is is tied to that or not, or if it would be anyway. I probably, but um, a lot of people like horror movies who weren't born on Halloween. It's true. Uh, so I decided to make my own cocktails for this month, these next two recordings. Um, I think in making so many cocktails from Jigger Beaker and Glass and just on, <laughs> in my own independent research that I've kind of just absorbed how to make a cocktail by osmosis. Um, so I just, this one has been created online a lot of times. It's a fictional drink from the, the show Cheers. It's from uh, season six, episode one of Cheers. If anybody who's watched that, that's the one where it switches. Diane left the show, and and it, Kirstie Alley comes on, and it's, uh, it's Sam comes back to the bar, and it is owned by a corporate, like a corporation, and it's all like cheesy, like a like a Applebee's or something, um, and all the regulars are gone, and then they everybody concocts this plan to get the bar back to the way it was, and so Woody. Uh, makes a drink called a Screaming Viking. Let's see. What do I feel like today? What am I in the mood for? I guess a uh, Screaming Viking would do it. Don't you uh, mean a laughing sweet? Okay. And the only thing, it's not even real. It's not real in the world, and it's not real in the show. Mm -hmm. It's just made up. And uh, the, basically the idea is to get the, the other bartender, who the new bartender fired. That drink does not exist. There's been many a morning I wish to God it hadn't. <laughs> drink and no one else has either this gentleman made it up uh so sam can work there again the only thing we know about the drink from the show is that it involves a bruised cucumber excuse me miss i can make that do you want the cucumber bruised slightly <laughs> so uh here's what i made it is uh four slices of cucumber which they got this from my garden um, two ounces or 60 milliliters of gin, one ounce, 30 milliliters of cognac, two dashes of celery bitters, a half ounce, 15 milliliters of simple syrup, which is equal parts sugar and water, um, a half ounce of lime juice, and then a bar spoon of honey, which I included because the Vikings, um, drank beer and mead. They didn't have distilled spirits and honey was a component of a lot of that stuff. Um, and then a pinch of kosher salt. And so you muddle the three slices of cucumber with the salt in a shaker, combine all the other ingredients, shake with ice, and then double strain it into a rocks glass and garnish with another wheel of cucumber. Let me uh, do that. And cheers. Screaming Caleb, we've got one for you whenever you come in. I'm, I'm cool. I'm getting ready to get in the car. I'm curious. To, how's it taste? Tell me all about it. Looking I like it. It's really good. I was pretty pleased with this. Nice job, Brian. Yeah, it's. Um, what made you pick your? The, I mean, first of all, this cucumber doesn't look very bruised, but I guess when well, you muddle those other cucumbers, yeah, you bruise that's them. the bruising. Then, yeah, what made you pick this? I know why you picked the gin. <laughs> Uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, bartenders online, like um, uh, Steve the Bartender, and then uh, another channel is How to Drink. I like the, both those guys, and uh, How to Drink did a version of a Screaming Viking, and um, I decided to do my own version, and um, I've, I've, I've watched through the whole series of Cheers probably like 10 times in the last couple of years. How similar is this to the, what'd you say, Bartender Steve? 
Steve the bartender. He didn't do one. How to Drink is the channel that did one. Oh. I don't remember because I was purposely, when I watched it, I didn't want to absorb too much. Okay. Uh, to, so I made my own. It's kind of like a wholly a, original crafted cocktail. It's the, citrusy, a Jetta Ridge. It's citrusy. The um, the cucumber really comes through for sure. Um, yeah. This would have been a good one for the last episode. It could have been a barbarian mm. cocktail. I was too mad. Well, <laughs> will it, <laughs> we can include it. I think we should do a zine. Let's do a zine, and we'll include uh, this as an original cocktail in the zine. What do you say? What's a zine? A zine is like a pretentious hipster magazine that's made it a low print run, but it would include all of our artwork, and we could sell it. We should it. definitely do it like um, we, like we had in elementary school where they did like the mimeograph machine where it was just purple print. Do you remember that? Yeah, for sure. We got it figured out. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the world? <laughs> that, that hasn't existed for 15 years. <laughs> Probably more than that. Did you guys ever have the teacher have you go run down to the office to do those? Yeah. I don't think I yeah. ever did. Maybe I don't look trustworthy. They, you're not. Well, Caleb, and then if they asked Caleb to do it, he'd just disappear. We've established he can't be trusted to be well, a, a teacher's well, aide. Yeah. Oh, I, I'd get it done. I would. I take the. I would take it to the. I would take it and then I'd bring it back like the next day. <laughs> I'd get it done though. Hey, we've got a shout out, guys. Oh shit! Shout out to the new Patreon do subscriber it. Daniel Vroman. Daniel's favorite G1 character is Omega Supreme, who, as I told him, I'd completely forgotten about story-wise. Do you remember anything about Omega Supreme other than Constructicons, maybe? Other than the, oh, you're going to put that, that caveat on it? Because that's what I mostly remember him for. <laughs> Andy talked kind of weird. Omega. No use all words. <laughs> I don't know. He One of those weird. type of characters. <laughs> He's a guardian um, robot. Well, I did the math. We're not going to run into him until the secret of Omega Supreme, which is uh, number 46 of season two. That's 14 episodes over a year off for us. So something to look Good forward Lord. to, uh, Daniel. He's also a fan of the scandalous IDW Prowl, who really seems to be behind everything bad in that universe. And Stupid IDW2 cop. Ultra Magnus, who loves rules. And I haven't read IDW2, but... IDW1 also loved rules, so <laughs> seems like can, they're keeping it true IDW2 to form. Can IDW2 deal with it? I think they can, and are, and are. But anyway, Daniel says, thanks to you and the guys for your constantly entertaining show and for introducing me to More Than Meets the Pod during your crossover episodes. I love how that's always the damp at the end of it. <laughs> I wonder if they've gotten a single... Oh, thank you Thanks guys for, for to, to Autopod Decepticast. <laughs> Go listen to more than Misa Pod. It's a great podcast. Apparently, you it don't is. need to tell them to do that. Uh, <laughs> I just meant in general. Daniel, you should be very happy. By the time this episode drops, we should have another crossover episode hitting the market with Harper and Kit. Did they say when that was? I believe it's like mid October, like mid October or something like that. So they they might... release on Wednesdays. So this is either coming out a little before. This is coming out Sunday the... It'll be a little before it. The 11th. The 11th, yeah. Okay. All right. So you might be hearing this beforehand. So look forward to that. Yeah, just in general, thank you for the support. We look forward to fist bumping someday soon, if that's still a thing that humanity does uh, after we all get we survive inoculated. <laughs> I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> just every day I wake up and I'm like... Ah, uh, why? I, I, every night I go to bed, and I'm like, I hope I don't wake up. Yeah, but you felt that way before any of this. Yeah, happened. it's worse. 
<laughs> it's true, but this is just uh, the worst timeline. It, I've been working well, from home forever, so it's barely affected. It's really just trying to be emotional support uh, to those just, around me. Who it it's impacts. not even that. Like I like staying home. It's more just everything in the. Our I don't country. like having to fight with random people about masks. I've never had that problem. Uh, you, I, I, you haven't been on the internet. Why are you fighting mask oh, people? I'm not internet? fighting people. I'm I'm sorry. I, I'm not really not personally fighting anybody. I'm tired of seeing people fight about masks. Yeah, I have on to, the internet I, or in person. I have to be careful. I just, I just click away. I just don't engage. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've 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 made it. A, I've found myself going down, uh, making unhealthy choices in um, reading social media and reading news headlines where. I just have days where I'm like, I'm not looking at the news because the news cycle is just so quick now. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it's going to, it's going to exhaust you. And yeah. So I just, I avoid the news cycle. I, I might check the headlines once a day. Uh, some days are, I, I fall off the wagon. I've just found it good just to, yeah. just to don't disengage. I'm in full and on I, junkie mode, political junkie mode right uh, now. I'm I listening to everything. I'm hearing everything. I just, cause I, I'm into it. Ugh, I can't like yeah, I can't, this. I, can't I honestly, I kind of equate it to, um, <coughs> for those of us who were adults at the time, whenever George W. Bush was elected and reelected, mm-hmm. I felt a lot of liberal outrage fatigue at the time. And this is like turned up to 11. It's, it's so much oh, worse sure. than right. even yeah, then. It's, it's weird when it's weird that I, I look back at the Bush administration with nostalgic fondness. And he's a war criminal. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's strange. It's weird. Everything's weird. Everything is gonna be better though, guys. I do feel like it's I'm in a Twilight better. Zone episode <laughs> where it's just I, every day something weird happens. Yeah. I think it's gonna be all right, but mm. we gotta get through but Quit, we've got to uh, the American experiments over. <laughs> So here's an interesting story. I live in a neighborhood that has an HOA. I'll pause for Ryan's cynical comment. No. Hey, white people are great. And (laughs) as as part of the covenant of the HOA, uh, you're not – nobody's allowed to have political signs, which I kind of like. And the HOA's homeowner association? Correct, correct. yes. And it's not a super, I don't live in a super fancy neighborhood. The HOA fees are cheap, but it pays for the pool is what the basically, they're, and trash is like what the fees pay for. Fascist light. <laughs> I also don't like, I, there are aspects to it that are like that, that I'm like, I'm not going to fucking cover with the HOA on things like what color I want to change my roof to. It makes it that kind me of thing. the Frasier episode where he put up a door knocker that the, the right. condo association yes. didn't like. That's, no, that's exactly what it is. But, you know, I knew this thing existed before I bought into the neighborhood. I elected to give up these rights as a citizen when sure. I hopped on. But anyway, no political signs. Great. Well, political sign popped up two doors down from me. They're Trump conservative political signs. Mm-hmm. And Melody, she gets home that day and she's like, are you going to go over with me to tell them they got to take that out of their yard? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And I said, we're not going to go talk to them no we're not engaging there's no way that ends well (laughs) (laughs) and and those kinds of people are always reasonable though (laughs) i said it's against the hoa it's gonna come up and somebody's gonna deal with it and they'll get pulled or whatever well they days go by it doesn't get pulled then on the facebook group somebody says hey isn't it against our hoa for there to be political signs in a yard and it turns out last year missouri passed a law that hoas can't restrict you from political speech in your yard so of course this 
Trump guy is vindicated. Then two days ago, this guy that has the Trump Somebody signs burned his house in down. his yard, he posted a video that was captured from his ring or whatever that mm-hmm. he, security system he's got. Somebody's been driving, and when it, there's the same car that's been driving in front of his house, not stopping or anything, but as they drive, they roll down their window and yell, eat shit, Trump. <laughs> <laughs> And so, and so he's posted this on the private neighborhood association facebook group he's posted a video of this guy doing this and of course he's uppity about it way to way to be a good representative of the other side and use that language around my children there's no children in his yard by the way but then i also thought you're voting for a guy who has no problem grabbing people by the pussy yeah. and you're trying to take the high road on on uh, w- what your kids hear. Well, it's the, the, like <laughs> I thought it was funny at the whole the video That's thing. Funny. I I also the, the and we were just talking about engagement online and I wanted to engage so badly to say the thing I just oh. said. First of all, a guy it is childish that a guy's driving by his <laughs> house and yelling eat shit Trump. But <laughs> That is childish. And if his kids hear it, I mean, it's a big so what. I completely won't, believe you're in your house using curse language. Won't somebody think <laughs> about the children? <laughs> yeah, it's it's bullshit. But then the thread got to this point where most people are agreeing with him. This is the fascist left. Somebody said, we need to find out who this is. <laughs> and I just wanted to comment and say, and OK, and then what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? You're gonna find him? Yeah, I don't. It's not illegal to yell dumb shit from your car. So what are you going to go do? <laughs> It's true. I mean, technically, he's also participating in freedom of speech yeah. the same way you are with your sign. Right. I it, don't know. It's it'd be one thing if not illegal to shout curse words, is it? I, it depends on. I don't know. I don't um, know either. I'm uh. sure it's locally different. No. All right. <laughs> Thanks again to Daniel, as well as all of our supporters. Your help has helped make the show a little better in, mm-hmm. in tech and also helps pay for the things that we turn around and make for yeah. you, the benefits that come with being a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you. And keep it coming. <laughs> if you want to, if you're out there coming. and you want some of these goods, hop on the Patreon train. We have had a lot of people, some very positive feedback of what we sent. We sent out a booty box recently and people seem to really love it and, and enjoy what we gave them. So it's because it's awesome. It is. And we are. <laughs> Last episode recap. We had a, a lot of Bruce Campbell-esque time warps open globally, uh, obliging barbarians, bandits, and buccaneers to behold and bow down to the beguiling beauty of ink and brush butt crack. I gotta I got say, this drink is so good. It is really good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Very energetic. How much that- of that you got here? Uh, I got a little bit more. Probably just enough for Caleb, though. Okay. Yeah, don't drink mine. I'm mm. on the way. Starscream espoused science in assessing the sanctuary's stability, while Megatron maintained the right to use might to maraud the Isle of its mercurial means. That and, was really good. And then finally, the season two bots undo the knots of the plot while a flock of Dinobots mount a response, putting a stop to the shocks, unlocking the spots for more buttocks on yachts. Great Scott, no need for 1.21 gigawatts. Slam poetry. I was gonna say, are these recaps just gonna become your freestyle rap? Well, not even freestyle. It's the only opportunity I have to express myself lyrically. <laughs> My wife does not want to hear it. <laughs> Did you? Have, you had some cleanup from last episode. Just some quick stuff, Aaron. You called me out last episode in our text, not only because you felt I was being condescending, which I have never done. Uh, but so don't be dumb. <laughs> 
But yes, stop being a stupid bitch, Aaron. I'm not condescending. <laughs> Technically, you're right. Dinosaurs are reptiles, but it's it's complicated. <laughs> It's a very, it that's is. The, that's the Facebook status of dinosaurs. I have that note. I wrote it's a Facebook status from 2009. Uh, because technically birds are reptiles. So it's like, you could, yes, dinosaurs are reptiles, birds are reptiles, but it's like not the same. They're more like warm-blooded than most reptiles are. It, and then we also had our friend uh, Fro Diavolo uh, at Hung Solo 2K on Twitter informed us that Swoop was a pteranodon, not a pterodactyl. Yeah, yeah uh, I... I I'm sorry about that. I don't know where I, I don't know where my sources went wrong, but obviously <laughs> they were. You just you just put it into a search and took the first thing that came up, and that's fine. It's fine. I what is no. well? What does TF Wiki say? Does does it does it say that he's a pterodactyl? It does. I didn't look that up. Although technically, pterodactyl is not even a real name of anything. It's actually oh. pterodactylus. Both pterodactylus and pteranodon are not the same, are not the name of a species, but rather like a, a genus of animals. Um, okay. But yeah, pterodactylus was it. the earliest animal on the list, but they were much smaller than pteranodon, which Swoop is and has the, like Swoop has that huge like the head, head horn. Yeah, okay. that, that's a pteranodon and no tail. So uh, while we're at it, just shout out to Hung Solo. He yeah. engages yeah. on Twitter and and every now and again will share out music. I think he and I are both old school hip hop heads, and we'll just I'm always like seeing what he posts out there. I've actually discovered a couple cool old school golden era hip hop things through him. Mm-hmm. I believe he's a retired Navy man. A squid. Oh, yeah, a squid. Yeah. Which is what is on his uh his profile uh description. Squirt talk. Oh, oh no, wait. Okay. I there's, guess we're not moving forward. Whoa. whoa. <laughs> there's been some scuttlebutt from the last episode about what squirt is. Oh no. And uh, by well, first of all, by Christ. squirt, what we're I'm sure we're not talking about uh the orange like, drink. Off the drink. Right. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yes, it is whenever a female uh because, well, squirt Ugh, and female so ejaculate gross. are two different things. Uh, female gross. ejaculate is more like the cre- is more creamy, more like male sperm, <laughs> and the squirt is like well, Johnny Utah called me out because he uh, asserted that it's not urine, and I went and I, I I've I'd done oh. some research before, mm-hmm. and I've dated women who squirt. Oh, so sh- sure, um, but what? yeah, the, that felt like a humble brag without the humble. It's a terrible brag. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I went and looked up some uh, some some research that um, when you see like a huge amount of liquid like that, it has been tested and it's found to be a combo of female ejaculate and urine, but 99% urine. Um, they've actually done cat scans of people having sex, and I can't imagine how this works, like how you how a woman can get off during this. But they took scans before the woman squirted and after they the woman peed and their bladder was empty but right before they squirted it filled up again so hmm. i'm like that's fascinating anyway but with urine yeah yeah okay. with pee. and that, gotcha. that's what it, that's what that's what came out so suck it johnny utah <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't want to believe that his girlfriend is pissing in his face it's fine it, i mean it's not a big deal well yeah johnny maybe he li- <laughs> shots fired or rather i guess ejaculate fired <laughs> right, right at right at johnny it's delicious. <laughs> uh, God. Okay. Let's. Just, I'm driving. I'm driving by the house now, and I'm thinking I just d- d- just keep, keep driving. On moving. <laughs> Join us right now as we discuss episode 32 from season two, "The Master Builders," written by David N. Gottlieb and Herb 
Engelhart. <laughs> Why are there question marks? I'm uh, pronunciation I'm, question marks. And I'm here, by the way. Uh, Caleb's here. He joined Caleb's. us. I made it. I'm glad you're here. And you've got the drink. I Have do. you tried it yet? Yeah, it's really refreshing. It is a great drink. <laughs> and this episode was also, of course, animated by Toei. Mm-hmm. We're gonna. Op- I will say. Uh, kind of a lackluster showing by Toei. Honestly, I didn't think the animation was that great in this one for the for that studio. I think the next one is fantastic. The next one's an unknown studio. It's really good spoilers. animation. Spoilers for next episode. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. All right, we open this bitch up with uh, Power Glide, living out his jet-fueled fantasy of, of high-flying heroism, but... From the clouds emerges Skywarp, who attacks him, and Powerglide ends up outmaneuvering and shooting Skywarp down as, as Starscream appears, and he takes shots. Powerglide is pinned and ultimately popped by Starscream's laser beams. Now, this uh, that we're watching, Aaron, this is from your DVD set? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it does say the Master Builder Singular, and hmm. on Tubi it says the Master Builder Singular, but apparently they're the Master Builders... It, it has both on the t- on the TF wiki, but I guess the Master Builders plural is on some episode or on some versions, and on others it's singular, which is weird. Also, controversial. <laughs> yeah, it's it is weird that Skywarp didn't speak at all during that exchange. I thought that was strange. He just fires and doesn't say anything t- p- 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 pithy. And why even have two seekers? Why not just have one that does the job? I mean, I, to, I guess to give Power Glide some clout for effectively yeah. outmaneuvering one. It was cool to see I and we don't get to see it a lot of it yet and but like to see Power Glide fighting with the seekers just in an aerial dogfight was kind of yeah. neat. Well, we transition to Autobot headquarters. We have new characters, Hoist and Grapple, and they're building a sweet model of a <laughs> solar power tower, and it appears to be a great accomplishment, but will Optimus Prime like it? Because if not, Grapple will be very sad. Is this the first time we've ever seen him, or both of them, or have they been in previous episodes? I think this is the first one, right? I It's at the very least the first one where they've spoken. Gotcha. They may have been in Dinobot Island, but I can't recall. I don't think so. And they're pretty heavily focused on in next episode as well. And this kind of starts the rollout of new characters in in favor of like older. Like we don't see Bumblebee. We don't see Jazz. We don't see Ratchet. The floodgates are open. Do you think it's frustrating? And so are your wallets, kids. (laughs) Do you think it's frustrating to him that he can't see like really if he looks to the side, he can't (laughs) see anything? I have that note that that Grapple has no uh, peripheral vision at all. (laughs) None. Also, both these boys are super thick boys. They are are thick boys. They are an awkward robot form. Uh, Especially like Hoist. He's got this sort of Homer Simpson. He's got Mm -hmm. skinny legs. He looks like... They're British though too, right? He looks like a bear walking on bowling pins uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah the, Caleb they are both they do both have like a British accent which they both sound almost identical it's very difficult to tell them apart who's talking do, do you think they uh, do you think in the lunchroom they sit at the perceptors table <laughs> oh <laughs> so this everybody who talks like this yeah. over here maybe uh, well I don't know maybe they do uh, perceptor seems like he'd be kind of like at a table by himself sometimes or be the butt of a joke He'd definitely be getting like food thrown at him, right? What would happen? <laughs> what would happen is Grapple and Hoist would be sitting uh, like at a backstop drawing at recess, and then Ooh. and then Perceptor would come up and be like, "Are, are you calling me the Perceptor?" Yes. Of the group? <laughs> hey guys, can I hang out with Get you? Get out of here! Get the fuck out of here, Perceptor! Yeah, okay. We're drawing our plans. Uh, see, yeah, okay. 
I'm sure we've talked about that before. <laughs> oh, yes. Caleb attests that this happened. I it have is, no memory of it. It is two different voice actors. It so, is. Uh, um, just double-checking on that, that I actually did that did that research. Yeah, it's like Paul Renaday, I think, and... Um, Michael Chain. Thank you. Yes, the, 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 the blonde blowout leather yeah, clad... Pa- party boy. Yeah. <laughs> the bros cart the creation to Prime for presentation. They pass Wheeljack, who gives him an... A-OK, which, of course, <laughs> if it has Wheeljack's endorsements, we I know do, we're fucked. Yes, I like the idea that Wheeljack is really hoping whatever their presentation is is a huge debacle. It's <clears> like <throat> to distract from whatever horror show he's creating in his lab. Well, we'll, we'll find out next episode what he's been creating in his lab. Mm-hmm. Prime and Spike are in the main hub fucking around with a basketball. I do kind of like the charming way that Prime doesn't understand basketball terminology. Am I drooling correctly? He tells Spike to compute quickly instead of think fast. I like that, actually. (laughs) They just had the thesaurus out. That's all free, by the way. Oh, is it really? All that is free. I mean, he, he... redacts and changes almost every line of dialogue in most of the scripts. <laughs> oh my god, how frustrating for the writer. I know. Uh, but he had to feel like he was adding value. Grapple. Hon- honestly, it, usually it's better. Okay. All right, shout out to our friend of the show, Ron Friedman. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I picture a world where Ron has listened to the show since we've interviewed him, and he just happened to catch an episode where we were talking massive shit about his <laughs> script, and he's just like, well, fuck these guys. There's no world where Ron Friedman is listening to any no, shows, no, I don't think. No. Grapple and Hoist call a timeout to present their slick doohickey, the model of a solar power tower, their desire to build a full-scale version. The impact on their energy situation would be enormous, guys. Prime, Prime is intrigued, but how would they protect it from the Decepticons? I so I kind of hate this. Like, so Prime turns down the solar tower because of the odd, the uh, the cha- <clears throat> not odd, but chance that Megatron would steal it. Mm-hmm. So we're planning for failure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, already, sure. and also, these guys are engineers. As the CEO of the Autobots organization, it's Prime to help him think through that. It's his right. job. Yeah, like maybe protect it. Yeah. I don't know. Great idea. We're going to do it, and we're going to give you the resources to make it work. It's it's like those assholes who say that unemployment pay shouldn't exist because, like, 0.001% of people abuse it. Or, like, we shouldn't have given arms to the Taliban because they brought down those towers. Oh, that one's real. <laughs> and also, neither of those situations I just, are I, perfectly metaphorical. I was at all. a little <laughs> drunk when I wrote this outline. Good lord. <laughs> But the point is, it's not their job to figure out the defensive situation, but because they haven't thought through everything, uh, there's no plan for protection. Mm -hmm. Prime regretfully declines to approve the project. Just then, Teletran 1 alerts the team to Powerglide's problem, and Hoist and Grapple have to step up and roll out to help Condition Magenta. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it is. Why have First, such a fucking pretentious color? In it's your a very alert specific I think, color. I think Teletran is just bored and trying to like entertain it itself with like flowery warning words. We this is a, a cyan alert. We, <laughs> Ooh. we get another one later that is the cyan color. Oh, does he say cyan? No, he says blue or something. <laughs> I have it in my notes. Awkward. This is this Awkward. is a lavender alert, which is just it's means argyle it's condition argyle. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that would be. Hound's tooth. <laughs> oh, that's a good pattern. They've gone plaid. <laughs> we got the space balls. We did. 
That means it's time to talk about Hoist and Grample. Yes. Grample. Grample, Grampy. <laughs> Grandpa Grapple. I also noticed both the new characters, Hoist and Grapple, have gun in hands. Oh, yeah, they do. Wow. What a really inconvenient what thing for an engineer to have. Yeah. It's just it's one true. hand. Well, there, was, was that an Autobot symbol? I'm sorry to interrupt. That looked different. Look at this. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? It's that? weirdly. It's, it's a, just a poorly drawn Autobot It's actually, symbol. I kind of like it better. <laughs> the three minute mark when Teletrain it looks like the version. Symbol. It looks like the version of the logo a high school kid would draw on his Trapper Keeper. Shots fired at high school kids. <laughs> <laughs> you guys suck. Do Trapper Keepers still exist? No, they, <clears throat> they certainly do not. Books don't exist in school anymore, really. <laughs> what the hell am I supposed to leave my legacy in in the form of penises <laughs> yeah. and paragraphs? Peepees and wee-wees. <laughs> that reminds me. My my dad had a co-worker at the railroad. Oh, God. That <laughs> What's this going to be? Really really super gu- nice guy. I forget what his nickname was, but super nice. Probably ni- something like cock ass. <laughs> it would be cock drawer after I tell you this story. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop super nice guy, very quiet, mild-mannered. Would always draw enormous penises on just any random oh thing, <laughs> and then like laugh, and then just smile about it, like <laughs> like this. <laughs> Did you ever see any Whoa. of these penises? No, unfortunately, I didn't. Just a dad but story. I, you guys know about my dad's lunchbox, though, right? It, uh remind us. Uh, I f- feel familiar, but his lunch pail, uh, old school. Like this is the one where he had back in the seventies, like and a, 80s. a steel lunch pail. Steel lunch pail. Uh, he had drawn like a. A re- I guess back in the day it would be equivalent to like a, a Kilroy was here thing. It was not sure. an unusual one to draw. And it's like the the back end of a mouse I with this little sound. butthole and these huge testicles <laughs> hanging down. So fucking strange. I'll have to draw it for you guys. <laughs> what was happening in the 70s and 80s to adult males? It sounds fun. I disagree. You don't. From the other stories you've told me, I don't think I would have lasted very long in this world. It's because Ryan definitely would have been duct taped to a board yep. and had a I would have been tickle his nostril. Yeah. Yeah. That's not <laughs> it's not fair, Ryan. I'm sorry, sorry for Ryan. you in this hypothetical universe. <laughs> Hoist. Grapple. They're gonna locate Power Glide, and they do locate Power Glide and repair him to make him flight worthy. Power Glide takes off for home, leaving Grapple and Hoist to ponder the potential for them to produce the power tower on their own. Hoist reminds Grapple that would be insubordination, but Grapple just really, really wants to do it. It's weird. This is why I say this episode for a Toei episode is not the animation's not great because whenever they transform in this slot canyon and talk to each other, they're not even looking at each other and there aren't it's like just one mid shot angle. Like it's not interesting. It doesn't like right here, yeah. Like at the minute four. <laughs> what is that? Maybe they're just not used to drawing these new guys yet, so they can't quite get. <laughs> they can't look at each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how that guy keeps <clears throat> falling over. Really, it's pretty crazy. I never had either of these guys as toys, so I'm sure. I think they just maybe went a little too toy accurate with their cartoon designs. You didn't have to make them look that way. I like, look at Ironhide. He doesn't look anything like his toy. Megatron. Yeah. Well, Hoist is a remold of Trailbreaker. Right. 
So they have a very similar physique. We'd have to compare their G1 toy side by side. And obviously Grapple and, and Inferno are remolds. And I think Inferno is just as, uh, got as thick as this guy is. So, But I don't think their toys are necessarily, their G1 toys are necessarily, you know, juicy like this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what their toys look like honestly. But I had Inferno and it just was it was actually a really good toy. It's pretty articulated for a G1 toy. It had arms that with shoulders and elbows well, that bent and stuff like at that. At this point are we getting <clears throat> to toys where they're building the toys for the show as opposed mm-hmm. to just repurposing Japanese toys? I don't think so yet because even ultra magnus was a diaclone yes because toy. he's like a power armor guy but i think rodimus i think really the movie most of the movie guys outside of ultra magnus are new designs yes. in the vein that you're okay. talking about so none of season one and two that's basically we're just repurposing i Japanese don't toys, think, I think so i like don't toy. think so okay. But call us out if I'm wrong. <laughs> we know you will. From the cliffs above, the Constructicons are catching the conversation, realizing that they're being spied on. The Autobots make an attempt to escape, only to have their paths blocked by the crafty cons, who ultimately capture them by creating a landslide, covering them with a variable quarry of craggy rocks. It is nice I- to see the Constructicons in an episode not animated by Acom. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> But you're right. I I do. Maybe it's because a lot of the shots are a little bit far away that we don't get some of those really nice drawings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything is all a mid like a mid distance yeah. or further. Yeah, it's not. It's not great. Um, <laughs> oh man, we're about to get to this weird part where a camera pops out of a rock. <laughs> this must. This is freak you out a little bit. I'm, it's just. We'll, we'll get, wait till we right, get there. I'll talk let, about. Yeah, it. Let me see. I don't remember that. You don't. No, oddly enough, I don't. I usually remember everything. <laughs> I don't think we see it until we get back from commercial. Oh, oh maybe. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. Did you know, guys know that my grandfather's uh, my grandfather Carter's job was operating heavy machinery? Like he was a tractor and a uh, a bulldozer. And what, who did who for whom did he work? Uh, various people. Uh, Bud Saffle for a while. And he like helped build. Uh, this you say is, that like I know who that is. I know, right? That's <laughs> because uh, I've been hanging out with my dad too much. Like, um, Old Bud Saffle, you know. Ryan. Various construction <clears throat> construction companies. Okay. He, uh, our listeners are not going to care about this at all, but he helped build sixty five. Oh, Highway sixty five. Yeah, and he was like, he was always. He, my dad remembers him saying, "I don't know why they're doing this. No one." <laughs> No, who's going to travel on this road? Like, like, because he can conceive. He had a real uh, long-term mindset. He's like, uh, it, it depends on what he just couldn't. He couldn't conceive of that many people living in the area. He's like Eddie from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Who's like, uh, who's going to take your crazy freeway when they can take the red car for a nickel? Right, exactly. It's not like that at all, but <laughs> there is an element of it. Uh, I do remember when I worked for the country club uh, as a teenager, like there were people who liked to reminisce about how they remember whenever like uh, sunshine, this is so inside baseball, no, no, yeah, sunshine we, was like a dirt road. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it was a highway. Things didn't really get seriously paved in Christian County outside of city limits until like the early 90s. Like, well, and there was like, a lot of fucking dirt roads mm-hmm. around us growing up. 
Yeah, Nick's uh, underwent like a huge explosion of early nineties, uh, like people an influx. It went from yeah. like two thousand people to like now I think it's twenty some thousand. Yeah, it was four thousand people in nineteen ninety, and it was twelve thousand people in two thousand. It quadrupled That's in incredible. size in the nineties. <clears throat> Yeah, there's about uh, there's almost a quarter million people in the tri- in the in the Maybe, like Green County area. Let's just leave this in. I we think sure it's, say, yeah. I, everybody I, loves I, this. I actually yeah. think it's more like a half a million people. That's what I meant. Or more half than million. half a million, yeah. because it was a half a million when I was in college. We return from commercial. Turns out the Constructicons just want a conversation, guys. They they claim to have departed the Decepticon cause, and it turns out they are total grapple stands. They've mm-hmm. admired his art all the way back on Cybertron. Which we now have a new origin for the Constructicons. Mm-hmm. Yes, before even the Omega Supreme story. With the Constructicons' help, this power tower could be built in no time, but how were Grapple and Hoist to be able to trust them? The, the Constructicons, they pledged to provide proof of their defection. Um, I thought you were going to say more about... I just want to fill out why the Constructicons... Because Megatron in the episode Heavy Metal War says... There it is! Hold on, right there. <laughs> Megatron says in Heavy Metal War they built the Constructicons in the caverns on Earth, so mm-hmm. theoretically they would... Who- not have been in the who put concept. a camera there thinking that something was going to happen yes. right there six six minutes and 22 seconds in a camera pops out of a fake but, rock and also what? isn't that a rock that they pushed over the side i don't know i will say this throughout the whole series that we've been watching uh, first season second season there are times where they're looking where the where the decepticons and the autobots are looking at a scene going down somewhere else from like, where's this camera? A vantage point that couldn't yeah. be. Yeah. But this, this proves that that is actually possible. <laughs> so that there's, there's probably just a series of these cameras. They have drones and cameras all over the planet. Maybe they just seeded the world with mini cameras that released yeah, so, them, which, and they just dug in wherever they felt was good. And those I cameras understand. can detect the presence of a Cybertronian. Yes. And when the Cybertronian shows up, they light up. Yeah. And it is super weird because, like, this thing pops <clears throat> up, and it's what Megatron and uses to see that the Constructicons are talking to the Autobots. Like, why would and you be, why have not, put it in this valley? <laughs> also, why not just use Laserbeak? Like, it Maybe doesn't laser... have to be this complicated. Well, now, at least now, when I see a random camera angle where I'm like, where was the where was the camera? I will I go back you, to this. I thought you were going to say, when I see a random rock, I'm going to smash it. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, or the laser beak. Op- oh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. I'm the... Or I'm going to try to pry the rock open and say, open up, <laughs> yeah, I know you're in there. <laughs> yeah, this is making me really co- <laughs> paranoid as an anti-government person. <laughs> 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 the, your idea about Laserbeak makes sense, though, Ryan, because it seems like a better story would be that Megatron sent Laserbeak to follow them because he was feeling a little weird about their loyalty, them being the Constructicons, mm-hmm. because the Constructicons say they're not loyal to the Decepticon cause, and Megatron, as we'll find out, wasn't in on that subplot it'd be one that yeah that was another weird thing and so were they really thinking about leaving the decepticons or are they just allowed the freedom to freestyle schemes on their own and bring it back to megatron i think it was just a serendipitous thing because it doesn't seem like the constructicons were following the grapple and hoist i think they just happened upon them and it was like maybe we can capitalize on this and then that's why megatron's out of the loop but what were they doing out here? Uh, hanging out, <laughs> looking over a cliff. It's beautiful out there. <laughs> <laughs> 
the camping as you probably picked up on this group doesn't know it but megatron and starscream are spying on this event from a camera <laughs> that's in the cliffs how should they deal with these green and purple apostates ryan uh I don't put you on the spot there. (laughs) The Constructicons. Oh, oh, Oh. I do have actually a point of that. Where I do like how when they get back, the Constructicons get back and are 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 confronted by a Megatron coming in hot. Immediately, Mm -hmm. they go down the line of all the Constructicons getting one line of the next part of the plan. I thought that was neat. It's true. You get to hear all the vocal talent. Mm-hmm. And then for, for proof for grapple is what the constructors are asking for, that they, that they are on his side. Megatron says, then you must give him my most precious possession. And I was like, is he going to give him Starscream? <laughs> I kind of thought the same thing. Like, would you not just to fuck with Starscream, <laughs> offer him up and make him but a prisoner would, of the Autobots? But, but, that, uh, but would pad, that would pad. But I think Starscream would like that because then he would be like, I'm Megatron's favorite, most, most precious possession. Mm-hmm. I think he'd know that Megatron is fucking with him and be like, you're giving me to the Autobots. I know no. what you're doing. <laughs> let's, let's all do Starscream. Yours is pretty good, Kayla. It's not That's bad. respectable. The, uh, the only reason that wouldn't work, though, is because, okay, they <laughs> hoist and grapple. Get Starscream, and then what do they do with it? I know it was just immediately <laughs> what came to my mind. It's immediately what I thought of, like <laughs> he's just in love with him. Scrapper meets privately with Grapple and Hoist to provide his proof of loyalty, which is a whole fucking truckload of looted Decepticon energon enough to build the tower. Grapple's dream is coming true. It's a crazy amount of energon. It's a lot. Like we've seen less energon produced from like yeah. factories. They that's a lot held. of energon, dude. Mm. But fucking they, dams. But they but that's they, four dams worth yes. of energon. But they but they, they react to it appropriately. <clears throat> They're like. Whoa! Mm-hmm. I don't know. When we get further into it, I have some issues with the relationships that they're building here. Like, I find it. <laughs> I like it, and then I'm like. <laughs> well, it was. I would love it if on one of these episodes, Caleb, you became as incensed about anything that I've been about almost everything. That's going to be hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll try. Actually, I tell you what. The closest I've got is what really pisses me off sometimes is just. How moronic the Autobots are. Yeah. That is true. You do. Have I have gone off the handle on that. I get really frustrated how <laughs> stupid they are. All right. We're at a construction site. The foreman, who is most definitely Power Glide, is, con- <laughs> is confronted by the Constructicons. Where's the driver? I love if this you- guy. Who steal his steel to aid <laughs> in the solar tower construction. I. I, when I first saw this scene, I thought I was seeing. Uh, I thought I was watching the wrong episode because I because when the uh, the first episode we saw where some Constructicons rolled mm-hmm. up on a same thing, it's almost exactly site. the same, right? Except this time, I'm actually um, really cool with the uh, hard hats response. This the yeah the Union Boy Foreman. First of all, whenever we first <laughs> see him from a long shot, he's would deaf- the Foreman be a Union Boy if he's management? He's non-union. He works for this. Is he a is he a foreman? Oh, I don't know what. I, I mean, he's definitely a boss. Well, I'll tell you what. Anyway, we're off off. Regardless topic. if he's a union, uh, if he's in the union or not, his his response is probably more accurate than the previous encounter that the Constructicons mm-hmm. had with a bunch of hard hats. I just found it interesting that first of all, when we first see him in a long shot, he definitely has a cigar in his mouth. 
And then when it comes to a closer shot, it's gone. Like maybe I don't know if they were like maybe we don't want to show nah, I think somebody smoking. His shock at seeing them transform it fell out of his mouth. <laughs> maybe that's true. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it's let's just capture this also for like posterity. How he tears up his plants after they yeah, steal the. I love it. It's the metal. I love it. Aren't you going to file an up? insurance claim <laughs> no. and then pick the job up He's when the new, new materials show He's up? My new favorite hard hat. <laughs> He's Here. just like, yeah, what? He's just like, he accepts what's going on. I'm going to play it out just to capture it and give context. All right, so he's got the, let's watch the cigar in mouth. Move it! We're behind schedule! He fell out of his mouth. I guess he started yelling at his crew. Wait a minute. I didn't send for any more trucks. That's Turn almost verbatim what they say in Heavy Metal War. Where's the driver? Right here, Buster. Stand aside. This thing's Buster. And again for Toei. <laughs> again for Toei. These transformations are garbage. To do it. We'll just help ourselves if you don't mind. Uh, or even if you do. Yeah. He makes a good call here. Me mind? Why should I? <laughs> so he's gone insane. No, no, he's the sanest guy there is. No, he's like I just yeah. like the laughter and then tearing up his plans. Yeah, right. he he's a man who can analyze the situation he and understand his the, place in it. He is the smartest hard hat I've seen to date. Uh, also, I guess he these was, are the one the one group of people who don't have Teletron One's number. You know what that hard hat did that night? He that, he did that day. He went home, <laughs> had dinner, went to bed. Yeah, great night of sleep. Yeah, it's like... he fucked his wife who squirts. He probably did. He probably did. I don't think anybody squirted in the eighties. It's new. That was nineteen ninety six, the first year of the squirt. They hadn't discovered that yet. The female orgasm was still but a myth. Yeah, it's weird. The clitoris isn't real. We go back to the solar tower construction site, and we see Grapple and Scrapper. They're checking plans of their own. Together. Together. I do love I that love they it. are also using paper plans. <laughs> Grapple's holding his side of the plans with, with his gun, gun arm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, the, but the, everything's coming together well. The Constructicons and Hoist working together, getting this project going very quickly. Your tax dollars at work. I would think it would be funny if the, the plans that they had were like, the foreman's old plans that the, the, that had taped them back together. <laughs> <laughs> They're just building that building on accident. Yeah, it's like whatever. Is it okay? Yeah, we're about there. Like at the, about the ten minute mark, Grapple says, "As soon as my tower is finished, I must find a place to sign my name in very large letters." Which I thought was really weird. Like, what's the hubris there? Very egotistic. Yeah. I think they're trying to push an ego angle here. Like, yeah, this is where it's like Icarus. He flew too close to well, the sun. Right. And this it's like pride will get you. Well, and the Constructicons knew how to play him from mm -hmm. the very beginning with that. We're paused at 10.26. We're going back to Autobot headquarters. What is this staircase of stone I off to the right that. of the, what the Autobot headquarters? I noticed that, too. Does that go to the tool shed that used to be over here off to the, the, uh, to the right? The Decepticons built <clears throat> that to help them get up into the top of the... <laughs> That's their easy entry. Now they're just building access into it. <laughs> It is weird that we now are cutting back to the Autobots. We spent over almost half this episode away from them, which is strange. That's unusual. In yeah. my mind, anyway. Well, you got to have some different stories, Ryan. Yeah. I'm you got to try some different things. I'm glad I brought it up. Yep. 
We are back at Autobot headquarters. We got Prime, Track, Smokescreen, Inferno. <laughs> They're shooting the J on How their big? new basketball, basketball court. court. How big is this ball? It's huge. <laughs> what the fuck? Again, Caleb, to your point, this is the problem with the Autobots. They're spending time and resources building a fucking basketball yeah, court bu- and a yeah. new basketball. They've learned basketball. <laughs> Even though Optimus pretends like he doesn't know how to play or how to understand it, he's I like know. a pro. Yeah. He's a fucking con man. Speaking of con men, Trax draws a foul with an obvious flop here, in my opinion. Very, very dramatic. But Optimus insists maybe it's time for a checkup. Trax is down for a checkup, but it's been impossible to score an appointment with Hoist, who, along with Grapple, are just nowhere to be found. And Prime's kind of wondering what the fuck is going on. He sends Powerglide to go and find their dumbasses. I have this note in the next episode as well, but like... I know it's because we're introducing new characters, but it seems like Hoist and Grapple are taking over the position where Ratchet normally yeah, would be. Like, I is he on agree. vacation? And Wheeljack. Maybe they yeah. finally caught on and like, no, that's okay, Wheeljack. Um, let's give you a little uh, <laughs> You're retired. Yeah. Like Ironhide tried to do. Right. They missed an opportunity for Sweet Georgia Brown. Yeah. <laughs> they missed that's an oppor- fucking funny because... My whole script deviations is basically about the Globetrotters. Really? I just think they had a good chance here to just have a uh, episode where the where the Decepticons play the Autobots in the game of basketball. Back at the Solar Tower, Grapple is training Scavenger on welding technique. It's all about temperature and timing. And then he has to go on to training Hook on how to properly install the solar panels. It's just amazing what friends can do together, but it seems like really the Constructicons are just slackers and I, they're getting grappled to do their work for them. I, I, I had this point as well. I thought maybe they were just like pretending so that they're bolstering grapples like ego. You know, the, the, mm. the way I got, I didn't get when I was watching this, I felt sincerity. I what I I think this is one like a really interesting part of the episode where this shows like what could be possible if the Decepticons and the Autobots worked together mm-hmm. and you know put their allegiances aside. Yeah, I thought that the Constructicons they really felt sincere in these parts. And so obviously they're not, but the characters didn't, the voice actors didn't say it anything in a sarcastic way with like a yeah. wink and a nod. I thought they did though. I no, was I picking didn't. up a I, lot of I felt winks. like, I felt like when I saw this, like, Oh, they're, they're, by them actually collaborating with uh hoist, they, they were learning things and they were actually appreciating the collaboration. But then of course the they're epi- stealing technology. Yep. Yes, but also they were appreciating the advice that they were being given. But then all this, but then the episode takes that turn where then just kind of cheaply the Constructicons reveal themselves to be malicious. But I I thought there could be a stronger story there where the Constructicons could have like actually appreciated the teamwork and the knowledge that they were given and had a conflict. Within, we, within overcoming, uh, with within like you know, doing like they it. respect Grapple, and it hurts them a little bit to take advantage of him like yeah, this. But the Decepticon cause is more for... meaningful than their respect. We will for kind Grapple. of get that, yeah, in an episode with Omega Supreme okay. and the Constructicons. All right, that's good. We'll I, kind of get that. I think there was a missed opportunity in this episode from a writing standpoint to have a a, a more a more complex and actually um, stronger moral issue here. I like the highly technological ladder that they've <laughs> developed. That's really funny. Does it really need all those greebles on it? No, it doesn't. 
From the sky, Power Clyde has located the lost Sheepatrons. He has a camera. <laughs> he contacts Optimus Prime to update him on the situation. His boys are all tied up with the Constructicons and are building that goddamn solar tower disaster code. Blue. Cyan. <laughs> yeah, Cyan. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Assemble strike force. Now! Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird bit. The cherry. Back to, back to hoist and grapple. The cherry is being placed on top of the solar-powered Sunday as Devastator forms to place the sun-focusing yes. spear to the top of the tower. However, as soon as this task is complete, Megatron attacks, and the hoax of the Constructicon's commitment is revealed. I did like seeing Devastator, and this transformation is way better than any ACOM episode that's ever been, even though it's not yeah. completely accurate, but it's still good. His arms in a couple shots are very gorilla-ish right mm-hmm. here in uh, 1332. <laughs> his arms are <laughs> like go all the way down to his feet. But Megatron, he's in, in control of the situation now. Well, he, then Devastator puts Grapple and Hoist inside the solar tower, though we don't see it. That's the implication as he puts them in there. Because they zoom in to Yeah, it's tower. weird they don't show it. <laughs> but then, yes, we go to commercial. The Constructor Cons are charging up a gang of Energon cubes at this point, and there's more on the way. The Autobots approach the site. They attack, firing beams from their headlights or tank turrets, depending on their make and model. The the team, Prime, Brawn, Cliffjumper, Spike, Smokescreen, Warpath, Tracks, Powerglide, and Ironhide, they rain down fire upon the Decepticons and significantly disrupt the operations. In a situation like this, the Constructicons know what to do. Form Devastator. That's right. (laughs) Only twice as slowly as they did at this time last episode. I have a lot of thoughts about this sequence. First of all, the headlights is cool. But it's like maybe they that's back engineered after they were trapped in vehicle mode in um what was that episode? The Autobot Run. Mm-hmm. So like maybe that's new tech. So Spike says that tower's so tall, the top of it's in a different time zone. Yeah, he's yeah, a, that's not how idiot. So maybe that hanging works. out with Carly hasn't been as beneficial <laughs> as I had hoped. So do we have Friedman to thank for that comment? I, I think that. No, I think that's like I, he may have changed it up, but I, I believe that that's still in there. I didn't make a specific note about it, but like it also means like either the writers didn't understand time zones or they just want Spike to be an idiot. I I don't think. I mean, it's I hate to do the Caleb route of it's for kids, but it's just it's a weird one. I think they just it's I think not they, perfect, but I think Spike just, can't be on all the time. I think they just it seems to me that. They wrote it, it sounded good enough, and they let it go and moved on. Yeah, Yeah, you're probably right. They were like, fuck it, it's fine, It's no one cares. I will say... Nobody's going to be picking this apart episode by episode in 30 years. And if they are, are, who cares? Some (laughs) middle-aged... Those guys are fucking losers. Some (laughs) middle-aged douchebags in a a basement. basement In the middle of the United States. Uh, I will say the Autobots (laughs) seem like they're pretty much kicking ass at this point. Oh, yeah, they're smoking these fools until Devastator forms. And it's actually a pretty cool battle sequence in this general. This is a weird... But why does Devastator form so slowly? And also, why is there an energy sound? Yeah, it, it's uh, like a shaky, crystalline sound effect. Yeah, this also occurred to me where it's unlike any other gestalt where Scavenger, who I believe is the leader of the Constructicons, is not the torso. Right. He's the leg. I mean, why there are two of them that are the torso. It's a cool sequence. Yeah. 
Also, right here, where you paused at 1640, Devastator is conservatively 1,000 feet tall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's enormous. It's like, yeah, the, the perspective is all off. Not that Devastator is ever shown to be an, an, a, a normal... Like, he's all over the place possible. all the like, time. It's one of the most contested elements yeah. of the Transformers I guess fandom Megatron transforms and Soundwave right. transforms, so why... Mass-changing. Yeah, why yeah. can't Devastator do the same thing when combined? Sure, fine. But it's not even that. Yes, there's the mass shifting from whatever your alt mode is to your robot mode, but then there's just the inconsistency of sure. size. Despite that <laughs> yes, mass shifting, like, yeah. is he a million feet tall <laughs> <laughs> or just a few hundred feet tall? I don't know. Yeah. But he's laughing as the auto. It is. It's not well drawn, but it's a relatively compelling action it's, sequence yeah. as they're driving yeah. around the the solar power tower and interact with Devastator. There's the, there's the famous scene of the ha 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 no me uh, you know me. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I don't. Where where Devastator is laughing and then looks down and shoots laser out of his lasers out oh, of his is eyes. Is that a gif already? Oh yeah, we've seen that. All, we've seen that in our own feed where uh, okay. they go ha ha ha. He goes ha 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 and then no. <laughs> that's no. a famous. That's a that's a very popular. Oh. You guys really need to pay wow. more attention to our oh, social right. media. Mm. I mean, you're the vice president of I social am. media, so that's on you. Devastator holds the boys at bay with some eye beams. Cliffy's glass gas is gagged. Power Glide dodges a Devi swipe that bangs Ramjet on the backside. Which, by the way, his glass gas is always is different every time he uses it. But in this iteration, yeah. it's a snowball and. And Devastator, Devastator creates a windstorm just by swiping his hand. So he's like a Mega Man villain. Yes. <laughs> Megatron has a binoculars that he just ejects out of his chest. Another Weird. new thing. That's never showed up in a toy as far as I know. Third oh. party or official. Titty glasses. This uh, The whole exchange between Power Glide and the rest of the Seekers, in particular right here, Ramjet, just makes me yearn for when we get the aerial bots. I don't know if we ever see the aerial bots fight the Seekers, but that's what I want to see. You do see it, I believe, in the Marvel comics. It seems like a no-brainer, although the aerial bots, I believe, <laughs> were ridiculously... Created to fight the Stunticons. Yes, the Stunticons, who are cars. Mm-hmm. This scene, starting at around 17, eight, we'll say the 18-minute mark, is amazing. You've got Warpath, and he rolls up. In fact, I'm going to do a drawing of this and post it because it's so ridiculous. He's rolling up. He gets a few good shots in on Devastator, who then, in order to fight Warpath, jams his arm into the ground, oh. somehow tunnels underneath Warpath, and brings his hand up underneath. And to do that, he would need at least three extra points of articulation, articulation in his arm. I didn't even make a note about it because <laughs> I was ludicrous. like, this is so ridiculous. I can't even talk about it's, it. If you'd have told me this was an unknown studio, I'd believe you because you're right. It's just not as dynamic as it's not the best day. It's we true. All, we all, we at least get shadows and light that are interesting, but like the, the illustrations themselves are not great. The Autobots have got to find a way to leverage Devastator's strength for themselves. Smokescreen works his way around Devastator and tricks him into a full power kicking of the solar tower yeah, and destroys I, it. Prime, my critique here, sir, is maybe don't give Smokescreen his instructions piecemeal like this. Like he keeps calling him out as it's happening. Mm -hmm. Maybe just tell him what to do. Right. <laughs> 
Which I like, get is for dynamic effect. Like, but. this'll be your job when we get there and ultimately they form Devastator, which you know they will. It's Constructicons, right, Smokescreen? Oh, yeah. You get out there and do a little bit of your Smokescreen magic and we'll get well, him to kick this thing. Or even just before he takes off. Like, Prime continue, like has three He keeps coaching him yes. through it like he's Phil Jackson. He should just do it himself. <laughs> it's true. Why send Smokescreen if you know exactly what you want done? So he well, the plot is foiled. Devastator somewhere. crashes through the power tower. It explodes. Its pieces fall to the ground. That that particular shot of Devastator crashing through the tower reminds me of the scene of him turning, that, turning through that wall in Autobot City. In the, in the movie? In Transformers the movie. Mm. Very similar. Yes, it I did. think the, there's something in the next episode that's like that as well. Mm. But The Autobots need to begin their recovery mission. The episode's not over, guys. We the the Autobots got to clean up the scrap. Ultimately, Brawn recovers hoist and grapple. To Caleb's was, earlier point. I guess that means they're in. They were inside the tower. Yeah, this was kind of touching. Why like the they, sun's going down. They're searching for. It's like it was very kind of sad. I mean, yeah, I was like, I didn't really care. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did. I, I will say this is a rare episode, also where we don't have Soundwave. Oh yeah. I think Megatron and the Seekers are the only Decepticons we have, in or other Constructicons, but of the core group. I'm telling you, the animation studio was like, "You got 27 guys here. We're not doing Soundwave this time. <laughs> Kill the Soundwave scene. Lots of Autobots. The fact that I consumed several old fashions at this point may have been why I was so touched by this ending. <laughs> You fucking sappy bitch. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Hoist and grapple are okay. They're in some carbonite or something. Yep, they're frozen in carbonite. And then they shoot them out of it. Oh, no, Braun punches them out of it. That's (laughs) right. right. And they're fine. And these guys know (laughs) that they're in dereliction of duty. And... Prime, you know, he forgives them, and but their punishment is to go get themselves repaired up, and then come back and clean up this mess. Hell yeah! By themselves, just like a dad. That's what I do to my boys. And that's the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. TF Wiki had some good points about this episode, which is one: uh, why didn't they just put the solar panels on the Ark instead of building a goddamn tower? And why aren't the Autobots tapping the geothermic energy of the volcano they're well, in in the first place? Well, I. I think you got to focus on what's the what was like kind of the moral of this episode. Like, what is it? I think it's because um, I, I don't know. I think it, I think it's that pride and jealousy, some and vanity sometimes, ego will sometimes uh, cloud your judgment when it comes to trust. More pride and ego, less jealousy, but sure, yes. yeah, yeah. I th- yeah I no, th- that that's fair. Yeah, I, I think yeah, your ego. Yeah, so you got to be careful about your own um, ego. And, and I'm sure if we were to look up Grapple's tech spec, maybe we should bring tech specs into these conversations. But yeah, his own. Be, je- I'm sure it says Anthony about his, it. His yeah. frustration. We'll just rip off more people. While <laughs> at his own frustration in pri- uh, prime not allowing him to do that led him to make some bad choices, mm-hmm. which yeah. is having the enemy help you build it right but and or and be just too immediately trusting of the sure enemy. Mm-hmm. well autobots well, they were telling we all what know he wanted auto, to hear we know that all autobots are stupid gullible mm-hmm. but it's true. but also i think a side the autobots again a, are liberals an interesting side uh theme of this is i really feel that when the decepticons and autobots were working together you could really see what was possible if they put 
their partisanship aside and mm-hmm. work together to achieve something that's great. Well, the effectiveness of the Constructicons to be able to mobilize yes. and that's get right. it done. So, Grapple actually had a vision for something great. That's right. And then... Um, it was able to manage and motivate and... Now, what I don't get is, I will say that, that Optimus Prime's advice or reasoning for not Mm. having them do it Mm. was not, was not, they they needed to make that better. That's bad leadership. Yeah, Yeah, it was pretty bad. Because I do see the benefit of them building it. And so ultimately, the themes that were in the episode were undermined by them not making Prime's reason for them not building it strong enough. I don't know what the reason could have been. I can't figure that out either. I mean, you could just have the Dinobots out there guarding it 24-7. You could. That was flimsy at best. Yeah. So that's my take. I think there were some potential good, there were some good themes in this, but they, they needed, they weren't buttressed enough by some foundational like reasonings. Like what? So, you know, Prime's excuse was bullshit. Yeah, we could probably write a book on Prime's bad leadership calls. Yeah, absolutely. We de- definitely have a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we got some new voice actors and writers that I'd like to cover off on real quick. We had writers David N. Gottlieb and Herb Engelhart. Apologies if I'm mangling those names. This was the only Transformers episode that they are credited with. Herb wrote episodes of Mask, Punky Brewster, The Jetsons, and Thundercats. David, as a writer, director, and producer, did a number of movies and documentaries with titles such as Talk to Your Doctor. (laughs) Ryan, maybe you've seen this. People's Temple. It's a Jim Jones documentary. Uh, And Game Show Models, which is described on IMDb as a soft porn drama about the ins and outs within the office of a sleazy middle-sized Hollywood <laughs> PR firm. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> All right. New voice actors. I think we've covered Peter <laughs> Peter Renaday voiced future characters will interact with Lord Chumley and Professor mm-hmm. Green, but We've cu- I think we covered off on an NRTF con. He was most well known as Master Splinter in the 87 Ninja Turtles series and Hoist Michael Chain. Of course, we've covered him in his beautiful bleach blonde hair, his George mm-hmm. Michael beard, his amazing leather jacket. Also does Power Glide and Red Alert, which we'll get more than our fill of in the next episode. They're really a lot of Power Glide in these last like even four episodes michael chain was lobbying for it he must have had something on uh, wally burr wally he had, burr he had something on him like a gun anyway go on very that was sexy right yeah anybody else hard out there <laughs> The, affi- <laughs> the, the uh, now we know Caleb's drinking. <laughs> <laughs> the official Takara masterpiece MP35 grapple includes the model for the solar power tower and a blueprint for the That's solar awesome. power tower. Yeah. By the way, real quick, I woke up this morning in the camper with the biggest boner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Some wood for the campfire. Yes. That's right. Like, I'm glad that you wanted to put that in. Like, thanks for sharing that with that's us. That's all I wanted to say. All about right, that. cool. Turgid camping. When I bought that camper from the previous owner, who I know, uh, he was like, "This will make you hard." I'm friends with people that are friends with him, and they said, "Oh, don't put a black light in that thing." Oh, 
Okay, carry on. <laughs> I also wanted to call out the X-Trans bot. There are a number of third-party masterpiece-style hoist figures. The one I own, the one I think is the best, is the X-Trans bots hoist. And it came also with a version of the model, but it's not as nice as the Masterpiece Grapple edition. And actually, there, a lot of the things that came with that as accessories are more relevant next episode. So I'm just going to hold on to it Sweet. for that. And this episode used Inferno's more toy-accurate head sculpt. The Takara Masterpiece comes with both versions of Inferno's head sculpt with, again, the one that was being used this episode, the more closely models his G1 toy. So there you go. I love it. That's what's up with that. Maybe I should start bringing pictures along with those kind of conversations. We can, we can, we, I've seen them. We can Google them. Mm-hmm. All right. In the real world. The Master Builders aired October 8th, 1985. So four days from when we're recording this. Hmm. Uh, 30 years ago, 30, whatever, do the math. Let's just not bring it up. The American Top 40, honestly, I was not even into looking this up, so I didn't. Uh, so I just did a box office one. Number one at the box office was still Commando. So as you may know, I've just started picking movies because I think we've either done or will do all the number ones for this Mm -hmm. year. Um, So I, since it's spooky season, I chose one of my favorite horror movies from that year, The Stuff, which I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. Mm -hmm. I have not. It's amazing. The IMDb description is, a delicious, mysterious goo that oozes from the earth is marketed as the newest dessert sensation. But the tasty treat robs more than teeth when zombie-like snackers who only want to consume more <laughs> of the strange substance at any cost begin infesting the world. <laughs> snackers. It's great. It's really good. I've probably seen it like 15 times. Um, it's basically a commentary on commercialism at the time. Um, I feel like all zombie movies are a commentary on commercialism. Maybe. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's kind of tongue in cheek this one but it but in a restrained way sort of like a little bit like like we talked about I think last episode Return of the Living Dead. Um the writer and director Larry Cohen did a ton of stuff from the 60s to the 90s. Um he created the series Branded. Bulk of the series, dude. <laughs> really he was the, one of the first gonzo like independent filmmakers he used to shoot on the streets of like new york city without permission from like fire escapes and rooftops with long zooms got crowd shots with people who did not know they were in the movie um very illegal stuff uh his filmography he did like a uh, black caesar a lot of black exploitation movies actually it's alive god told me to cue the winged serpent and maniac cop which none of you probably know maniac but cop huh? i really enjoy all those movies i feel like i've heard of maniac cop there's a great documentary on on shutter called king cohen which <clears> talks <throat> about this guy and he was super prolific and especially like writing scripts he like churned out 15, 20 scripts a year that he sold to people. And hmm. So he was very... Honestly, watching that documentary, I loved it, but at the end of it, I was like, my life is meaningless. Because he's so good at what he does. I just felt bad for myself. Is it, or is it is this, is the key that he's... Not only is he good, but he, he, just, he just churns out enough work to hit. And so you... It's both. <clears throat> he's just good. He's good he's and fast. Good. Like, like it, and it, that's why it's so depressing. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, I will play like I have one of the commercials from the stuff. The 
I feel like I've heard that somehow, like or a variation of it. Anyway, um, that's it for that. Um, it's fun facts from this week in history and a really awful parallel of what's going on in the world today. The Supreme Court on this week was set to review court-ordered affirmative action programs that the Reagan administration contended were discriminating illegally against white people, which is one of the worst things I've ever read. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't work out because... There's no such thing as discriminating against white people, really. But so everything's bad. Uh, go vote. That's the end of the real world. God. Yep. I was a little bummed last night. <laughs> Good lord. Rip deviations. <laughs> This, there's an interesting point where both the original writers, Herb Engelhardt and David N. Gottlieb, and Ron Friedman, who did the revision, referenced the Harlem Globetrotters, okay. where Prime is playing basketball with Spike at the beginning. The original line is Spike saying, you could sign up for the Cybertron Globetrotters. Friedman's punch-up, which also is not in the script, or in the show, is, and if the Globetrotters had a team on Cybertron, you'd be the new Meadowlark Lemon. Hmm. Like I was talking about, Aaron. Yeah. For those who don't know, the Harlem Globetrotters uh, are an American exhibition basketball team. Basically, they play a, play a comedic theatrical version of basketball against the Washington Generals. Who doesn't know that? I don't know. They're I, worldwide, I, baby. I think, Globetrotters. I think, uh, if you will. I would contest maybe younger generations don't know I think them. that's probably accurate. I think that's true. They still exist. They do, but okay. they're not as big as they used to be. Um, this is where I ended script deviations because I went down a Globetrotter hole. And it's so fascinating. My, my dad and I actually went to see the Globetrotters. I think it was at M what's now MSU. They played. They were they they did show up on Scooby Doo a couple times. They were the Globetrotters were formed in 1926 in Chicago and were initially an amateur exhibition team, but played real games. Uh, although they didn't play in Harlem until 1968. They were created by Abe Saperstein. Uh, he was the leading figure in black basketball and baseball from the 20s to the 50s and invented the three-point shot. Huh. Uh, he was actually elected into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1971, and at 5'3", he's the shortest male member. He's my size. Aww. Um, the Globetrotters played in the World Professional Tournament basketball tournament in 1940, winning it, beat one of the best white basketball teams in the country at the time, the Lakers, which, because sports at the time were not integrated. Segregated. Yep. And that would have been the Minneapolis Lakers. Yep. Until, and they were, the Globetrotters were the premier, like, talent pool at the time until the NBA recruited black players in the 1950s. Like, they were the, they were the go-to. Wilt Chamberlain was a Globetrotter in 58 and 59. Um, they've had 13 female team, team members since 1985, and while their perennial adversaries, the Washington Generals, don't interfere with the antics of the Globetrotters, when the Generals are in possession of the ball, it is a quote-unquote real game. So they are trying to score. Uh, parts of the game are pre-planned, but the games themselves are not fixed. 20 to 30% of the game is real. So this once led to an infamous defeat at the hands of the Generals in 1971, where the Globetrotters lost track of a big lead, and the Generals hit a game-winning buzzer beater in the last few seconds. Nobody was happy about that. I, <laughs> I like I, that that's I only like happened it. once. I like it, though. They've got to win one, for yeah. Christ's sake. That's uh, so. That's it. Their theme song is a whistled version of the Sweet Georgia Brown. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs> Would you guys like to rate the schism? Um, 
You know, I will say that the Decepticons, I, I, the thing is, were the Decepticons, they weren't, were they in on it? Not until the Constructicons told them about so, it. So I think from a, an, I guess from a, technically from a Decepticon standpoint, I guess I would rate it pretty high, but only because the Constructicons thought it up. I think the Constructicons mm-hmm. had a great idea, but you can't give Megatron any credit for it. Yeah. It really is a Constructicon-centric episode, and they are the drivers of the plot yeah. and really came up with the idea. They capitalized on a what is presumably a happenstance coming across Grappling yeah. Hoist. I think, and it's strong, I think it's a strong um, scheme because they're preying directly on the um, the emotional vulnerability of the grapple. Uh, of grapple. Yeah. yeah, we've covered it. it. I mean, it's bad for the Autobots. I mean, Prime that decision to not fund and build and defend this uh, uh, Prime's job as leader is to add that value of looking at the bigger picture, to lobby for the funding. You got all these new season two guys. You got plenty of guys who are. I mean, you're playing basketball all day long. Send them to the power tower. We can. I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know, like I always like seeing enemies work together. Uh, yeah, even though it's pretend. Even like in uh, Cops, where um, Big Boss and the cops hooked up to fight. For a second, I thought you were talking about the reality show. Yes, when it happens, I like it, and I even like I love it when it happens with GI Joe and Cobra. Yep, because it's unusual, and it and it makes you and it makes you aware of. Uh, it humanizes everybody in a weird way, and it also makes you think of also, what they could accomplish. They could accomplish, and also it's just a break from the norm. Yeah, which mm-hmm. is nice to see a break from the norm. Yep, uh, not really a moment, but I, yeah. I mean, iconically, uh, I will go back to the, the. There's a lot of gif-worthy points in this episode. Optimus Prime dunking ha, ha, basketball, ha, no. mm-hmm. and the ha 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 no with Devastator shooting mm-hmm. laser beams out of his eyes. Those yeah. are iconic. I think you're right. The final scene of the episode stood out to me. Uh, hoist and grapple just reflecting with melancholy on what could have been if mm-hmm. they'd have been allowed to do their project. If anybody had done anything in a reasonable way. Show over. Next episode. Do you like plots like this one where the Autobots are manipulated by Decepticons hmm. into doing their bidding? Well, you got another one coming your way. By a different writer. But yeah, they're very similar. Although you could argue one is playing to somebody's conscious weakness. And the other is just an insane person to take advantage of. (laughs) So if you'd like to support us, as we said earlier, we got the Patreon where you could buy some merch at our APDC store. I'm gonna I think I'm gonna put up some new prints, fellas, of the print that was set out in the booty box, but I'm actually gonna split them up into smaller prints it's gonna be cool trust Sweet. me we got more prints coming out i trust you and uh <laughs> thanks for that you can check the goods out at our uh, at our website or at patreon.com slash apoddcast and uh, other than that just continue to listen apple podcast at your spotify google play tune in apple podcast users why don't you leave us one of them reviews Follow us on our social media, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, and Instagram, all of them at apoddcast, and our web presence, autopoddecepticast.com. Ugh. Ew. Bye, everybody. Camping boner. Hey, man, who's that guy coming down the street? I don't know, but it sounds to me like that different man with the bone. You're having himself a ball.
ourselves as the sponsor of Autopod Decepticast. Yes, 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 yes.